This is episode 352, How to Have a Healthy Relationship with a Family Member Who Isn't Doing the Work with Dominic. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. And I'm welcoming myself back. This was the first coaching call I recorded since having Athena. And it's wonderful to be back coaching and recording. I'm working very, very little. She's only three months old. And so I'm still spending the majority of my time with her. I'm sitting here pumping as I'm recording this call. And my mom is in the nursery with her. I'm all tucked in the guest room because my office is now her nursery. So it's just a lot of transition. And I so appreciate all of you sticking with me through the maternity leave. And hope you enjoyed all the episodes I pre-recorded. And the Coach's Corners re-airs, and you got to hear me on some other podcasts as well. So appreciate you. So appreciate this loyal following. And I have an announcement to make, and I'm very excited about this. So in 2020, I said I was going to do my last signature women's retreat because it really felt complete. Maybe I felt the pandemic coming. I don't know. I just felt like that was going to be the last one. And so March 2020, we had it out in San Diego in the spring, and it felt really complete. But then the world changed and this past year, especially since having a daughter, I have felt the call to do another signature women's retreat and it's just been nudging me and nudging me and pulling me. And so I'm going to do it. It's going to be in October. Let me tell you the dates. Hold on. I got to pull up my calendar here. It's going to be October 7th through 9th in Austin, Texas, and it's going to be amazing. We're working on the website and everything now. I just wanted to plant this seed so that you knew, all you ladies out there, that it's happening the first weekend in October, Signature Women's Retreat, Austin, Texas. So I hope many of you will be coming. Today's episode, speaking of women, is about a relationship with a sister. You'll hear Dominique really, really wants to have a relationship with her sister. There's a lot of family history. There's a lot of things that have happened in her life, but she really wants a closer relationship. But her sister isn't doing the work that she's doing. So is it possible? Can you have that kind of close relationship with someone when they're not doing the work? So as you're listening to this call, consider... Are you in a dynamic, whether it be family or someone else in your life, where you're wanting closeness, you're wanting a more vulnerable, deeper connection, but you're just finding that the other person isn't? Do you continue to be triggered in family situations or in a certain relationship dynamic? Does someone say something to you that often makes you feel rejected or judged or dismissed? Are you doing the work and you feel like you're making all this progress, but then you go back to your family and you feel like you just get triggered. So keep those questions in mind as you're listening to my coaching session with Dominique. Dominique, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. Thanks so much for having me. So my issue is specifically with my younger sister. I'm currently in my second year of grad school to become a therapist and In this program and then in this past year or two, I've really 
dove deep into my healing, my mental health, my just getting to know me. And the program has really led me to face a lot of my childhood trauma and my toxic family dynamics. For a long time throughout my upbringing and my college years, I was really, I didn't know like I had this box filled with like stuff. I was mm. just kind of existing. Mm -hmm. I was just existing through the motions and I was people pleasing a lot. I was not really myself. But then this program has led me to, I had like a dark night of the soul type of experience, mm -hmm. which ultimately led me to like, what I call a psychological and spiritual awakening where I just like woke up from my life. Yeah. I started to see new things. I started to see like the dynamics between my family that were really toxic and that contributed to like my depression and my anxiety. But for context, I am the middle child. So I have an older brother and a younger sister and then my parents and my parents are still together. Okay. My parents are immigrants from the Philippines. So I have like this, the Asian culture in me, which is, I grew up where they always brush their emotions under the rug. They brush anything uncomfortable under the rug. Yeah. They're so very, very avoidant. Yeah, that exists in so many cultures. It's it's an epidemic of ah. the human species. Uh, but I, I hear you. It's There's definitely that. I've heard that mm -hmm. from many people that have Asian roots is there's that mm. pretend things are fine, brush things under the yes. rug. So, so what's yes. your question? Because I don't need too much context. I'd love to get into the juiciness of your question. Okay. So pretty much I grew up with my mom and my sister really, really close. So I was always left out. I was always compared to my sister. I wasn't the cute one. She was the cute one. She was the one stealing all the boys. And now she's like TikTok famous. So it kind of reinforces that mm. narrative that interferes with like my self-esteem, which is what I'm trying to detach from. Okay. And in my relationship with her... So she really struggles to empathize with me and connect with me. And it's usually one-sided where she talks about herself and I just listen and she patronizes me. And I've tried to talk to her about all these feelings that I have. And I tell her that I really want a close relationship with her, but she just, she has cussed me out. She said I was too sensitive. She said I was too deep or she just wouldn't reply. So I know it's just like the avoided tendencies from my, from my family where I am now is that I'm like slowly starting to detach myself from the hope of having a deeper connection with her. Okay. And I've, I've had this hope for a long time and now I'm trying to figure out how to navigate my relationship with her because okay. I do still do see my family, but it's just so awkward and we're, we're civil, but yeah. Okay. So that's where I'm. Okay. So when you say navigate your relationship with her, so there's a couple of things, you know, it takes two people for a relationship to change. And mm -hmm. it sounds like either she's not interested in having a different kind of relationship, or you haven't yet enrolled her into having a different kind of relationship with you. Which do you think it is? Um, I feel like she doesn't want a relationship with me. Okay. Okay. Would you say that your sister is more of the not wanting to dig mm -hmm. deep, not wanting to unpack the box yeah. of stuff kind yeah. of person. Like she's happy with just keeping things as they are being on TikTok mm -hmm. and just living in the, the now, not like wanting to look at the past or to have those psychological and spiritual breakthroughs that you're having. Would you say that that's yeah, more her? I would say that. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the thing that is really important for you to know and understand. And the emotionally and spiritually mature part of you will totally get this. The sister in you and the younger parts of you will still want a relationship mm-hmm. with her. So there may be a little conflict. So let me say what I'm going to say, and then we can go okay. from there. So in order for her to be close to you, she would have to start unpacking her box of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. When you start to dig deep, when you start to be really honest with things that have happened in the family, with some of the dysfunctional behaviors and patterns that are in your family Mm -hmm. and that are in everyone's family to some degree, your frequency shifts your consciousness shifts and people subconsciously and energetically can feel that. And so if they aren't ready, they're going to push farther away. And if you can have compassion and acceptance for at this time, her soul is not ready to do the kind of work that you are doing and therefore isn't really ready or willing to have a closer relationship with you. If you cannot take that personally, mm-hmm. you're going to have so much freedom and you're going to really be able to navigate because what you're trying to do right now is navigate the relationship by trying to get her to where yes. you're at versus navigating the relationship by meeting her where she's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big distinction. So if you can meet her where she is, then you're going to have a better relationship with her. But if you have expectations and desires of her to be more where you are or headed in that direction, you're going to be disappointed and frustrated. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's sort of like, I don't have the same kind of conversations with my you know, grown adult best friend that I do with my five-year-old nephew. Yeah. There's a different level of comprehension. And if I went and tried to talk to my five-year-old nephew about challenges I'm having in motherhood or things that I'm going through, he'd be like, what lady are you talking about? You know, I talked to him about Pokemon because that's where he is. Mm -hmm. And I don't take it personally. So yeah, go ahead. So my question was, which I feel like I I have an idea of what you're going to say, but how, because when I go over to the family house and she's there like she puts me down. I could feel it in her energy and the words that she say, that's very like passive aggressive, but I could tell that she's putting me down, which makes it hard. Like, give me an example. Like the other day I, I told her that I got a scholarship. I was telling my family I got a scholarship and she wasn't even happy for me. She was like, Oh, is this the same scholarship you got last time? Trying to reason her way to like put me down or like, Oh, it's not even that big of a deal or success to make herself feel better. Maybe, maybe not. Uh Maybe, maybe not. You know, and, and again, you said, you said the key thing to make herself feel better. Maybe she's intimidated by you. Maybe she's actually very insecure. Who knows? Uh Because, you know, she's not doing that work. Yeah. So she said what she said. The problem was you took it personally. Mm. Now, now I'm not saying that, oh, we can just put up with people treating us badly or saying passive aggressive things and just not take it personally, we can still have boundaries. We can still speak up and say something like, I'm confused by your question. What do you mean? This is an important, this is a really important thing to me. Uh Oh, I see. Okay. And get clarity from her, like call her out, not in an attacking way, but more in a getting clarification. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Because the minute she said it, you were triggered. Mm. And when we're triggered, we don't always respond in the most mature (laughs) way. We tend to lower ourselves to the vibration that was. So if it was passive aggressive, when you got triggered, you went back down to that defensiveness frequency, which is kind of on the same level of passive aggressiveness. So let me ask you this. Why is it so important for you, for your sister to like you? Why do you care? It goes back all the way to like childhood where we would be in like separate rooms for a quiet time where we'd have to read. And I would just be like knocking on her door, like, like the Elsa and Anna type of thing. Like, do you want to be friends? But Mm -hmm. she would always push me away. And I think I just always craved that. I knew that I wouldn't get that like attention from my mom, but at least like me and my sister were in it together. But like, Mm -hmm. she never was in it with me and something about like female relationships and, and -hmm. just struggling with that and wanting to have like this sisterhood. And I also grew up with my mom saying like, Oh, you're, we would fight. And she would like, you're all each other has like, like don't fight and things like that. So that's also embedded in me. And yeah. Yeah. Just wanting my sister, you know, wanting us to mm-hmm. go through life together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hear that. And I hear the emotion there. And that's a beautiful desire. It's a really beautiful desire. I have a sister and I'm very close to her. And so I, I feel that. And you know what? It took us a while to get to where we are now. It took us living very different lives in our twenties. A lot of the time it took being you know, living in separate states, going on very different paths, but we eventually came back around and have the closeness now that I think both of us always wish we would have had. And we were always close, but there's a different closeness now because we both mature. Yeah. And so this isn't not possible. It may just not be probable right now. Yeah. Because again, in order for you to have that closeness, she has to take down some of her walls. Yeah. And it sounds like she's got a lot of walls. Yeah. And she's mastered, especially when you said she's TikTok famous, she's probably mastered many masks. Yeah. To protect herself. Yeah. And you might need to find some soul sisters. <laughs> Other women that may not be biologically your sister, but can give you that closeness that you're looking for. And in terms of nurturing a relationship with your sister, accept where she's at and who she is. And when she says something that hurts you, not in a defensive way, but in a loving way, in a vulnerable way, say, you know, the way you said that kind of hurt my feelings a bit. Did you mean it that way? (sighs) Not in a defensive way, not in an accusatory way, but in a vulnerable way. And just know if you want this closeness, you've probably heard me say on the podcast, the person with more consciousness, basically the person who's done more work on themselves Uh has a greater responsibility in the relationship Mm. because you have more tools. You have more awareness. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, that is so true. I think like a part of me is just afraid that like we're never gonna be close ever again because like that's what I see in my family like there's a huge problem and it never gets resolved and the fact that everybody brushes things under the rug 
like I'm afraid that that pattern is just going to continue inside her and we're we're never gonna be and that's just a really hard thing that for me to accept well yeah well you don't have to Uh because it's not true right now you're not Mm -hmm. dead you're not 95 years old (laughs) you have some time here and remember what I said earlier about enrolling her into a better relationship Uh The best way you can do that is being a walking advertisement for doing the work. Mm. Let her see you be more loving. Let her see you be more vulnerable. Let her see you communicate in different ways. I see. That's how we invite people into the work. That makes sense. Yeah. We be it. We don't talk about it. We don't tell someone how to be. We be it. We force people to do the work. Mm -mm. Yeah, I find I find myself every time I go to my parents' house and my sister lives with them that I find myself going into the lower fre- frequency. I get mixed up in mm-hmm. the matrix of it because people are being passive aggressive. And then I find like, I guess the inner child in me, like you said earlier, getting defensive or actually I'm, I'm very nowadays, I'm very just quiet. I just I, yeah. I retreat inside because I don't want to say anything. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And it's in this new, like higher level frequency. I haven't, I, I live, I feel like I live in it with my friends and like people outside of my family. But when I'm in my family, I, I, I like can't bring it Very out. Normal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can, you're just scared to, because you're scared of rejection. You're scared of judgment super normal. Uh Give yourself some time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, let's say that I started taking guitar lessons and I started getting good at it. And I started getting good at practicing in my room and maybe playing with a few Mm -hmm. friends. And then I get the invitation to go out and perform in front of 500 people with my guitar. (gasps) It's not going to feel the same, is it? It's going to feel a lot bigger. When we are learning about ourselves, and digging up old wounds, going back to the source of those is like playing that guitar in front of 500 Uh people. It's really intense Mm -hmm. and it amplifies everything. So be gentle with yourself and the expectations you're setting on yourself. We tend to not regress when we go back to our family, Aww. but we, we tend to be more sensitive to triggers. Mm. So what I'd encourage you to do is before you see your family and after you leave, have a little ritual that you do. Okay. Before you go in, you put your hand on your heart, you put your hand on your belly and you just talk to yourself and you talk to the parts of you that are scared. And maybe you talk to the little girl inside of you and say, this is the family I chose to come in and learn what I needed to learn. Uh-huh. It does not define me. I'm no longer, you know, I no longer live here. Like I'm my own person. I'm on my own path and I'm safe. These people are not my God. You know, they're not the source of my love, my approval, my validation, any of those things. Like it's safe to be me. And monitor too. A lot of times, you know, I tell people when you're doing a lot of the deep work, you may have to limit the time you spend with family. Yeah. And that's okay until you get a little more embodied in this work. Mm. But just know that there's still, every time you see your family, there's still a little girl in there that wants things to be different. 
The more you move into, this is what it is. I accept what it is. And I'm not looking for them to make me feel any better. The easier it's going to be. But can you see there's still a part of you to attached that that is attached to wanting it to be different? Yeah, definitely. And that's what makes it hard. Yeah. Every time I go there, I'm hoping. Nowadays, I don't hope as much because I'm more aware. It's just trying to figure out how to stay grounded when I'm You may not. You may not. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. But here's a better intention. Catch yourself when you get triggered and go into the bathroom, take a few deep breaths or go outside and do whatever you need to do to make yourself kind of to bring yourself back to present day reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, that's, uh, I hope I'm able to do that. Cause sometimes I just get so caught up in it, you know, mm-hmm. that it's hard to even distinguish when I'm triggered because that type of feeling is like normal to me. Yeah. Well, well, but you're able to talk about it now, uh, right? Uh, so you know, you know, you're not unconscious to it. You know it's happening. You might not be able to catch it in the moment, but you, like talking to me right now, you know it happens. That's awareness. Uh-huh. That's huge, Dominique. That's huge. Mm-hmm. So this personal development is not an overnight process. Yeah. It takes time. Let it be okay that you get triggered sometimes. Let it be okay that you don't feel grounded mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. honor your boundaries, honor your time and find ways. You know, we grow through the triggers. Mm-hmm. The triggers is what is keeping you doing the work right now. And so you may need them <sighs> because it may be bringing up different levels and different layers. You've said yes to the spiritual and emotional awakening. Mm-hmm. So the triggers are just moving you oh, along. I, that makes so much sense because I've felt I've been feeling super stagnant after that awakening and I don't know why I'm not moving forward and I think it's because I've been super avoidant to the triggers I haven't been allowing myself to be feel the emotions of the trigger and move through them rather than completely avoiding them well there you go there you go I really have to put a brave face on (laughs) well let's call it an authentic face okay yeah that's better yeah and remember courage is in the absence of fear it's moving forward even when we feel it Mm -hmm. and so right now this isn't about your relationship with your family as it's more about your relationship with yourself Mm -hmm. and how you move through triggers Mm -hmm. and you've heard my my infamous saying, you can't go to a Chinese restaurant when you want nachos. You just don't get yeah. them. And so know, know who your family is and what it is. Find other ways where you can get the fulfillment and the connection that you're longing for. Yeah. And find, you know, and you have to experiment with different things that keep you grounded. You know, for me, bathrooms have always been a good place to reset. Yeah. You know, just turning the water on, running the water, looking at myself in the mirror, mm talking to myself, whatever I need, but let's, let's remove expectations of them and you. Mm -hmm. Can you see you're doing it to both? Like you're, you're wanting you to be different. You're wanting them to be different. Let's just accept where everybody is. Again, when I say that, that doesn't mean tolerate shitty behavior, you know, have your boundaries. If something rude is said to you with curiosity, ask what was meant by that Uh and stop wanting it to be different. Mm. 
things change when we lessen our attachment to wanting them to change. Yeah. And then if it happens, it happens. But yeah, the only yeah. the only way for me to move through this is for me to accept things the way they are. Yep. Not complacency, but yeah. acceptance. Yeah. Yep. And just focus on you. Nurturing yeah. your relationship with yourself, continuing to do the work, using the triggers to move you forward, and setting the intention to call in your soul family and your soul sisters. Mm-hmm. You know? You know, I'm lucky. I have both a biological sister mm-hmm. and soul sisters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And but it's taken work and intention. It didn't just happen. Yeah. I, this is definitely what I needed. I felt really stuck for a while. I've I've been ref- just hanging out with friends that make me feel good, but I think there's always that part of me that didn't know what to do with my family and I just been avoiding them and not talking to them mm-hmm. and and they keep texting me and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. But really, I just don't know what to do around them. Yeah. But now, now I, I feel like I have the tools. I just haven't been applying them or practicing them. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you probably just needed someone to tell you that you're doing great and you're putting a little <laughs> too much pressure on you and everybody else. <laughs> I am. I really am. And they're going to feel that no one wants, no one changes when they feel pressure to change and just know, you know, your family, they're doing the best they can too. And all that focus and attention you're putting on your sister and wanting her to be different, just bring that back to you Mm. and surrender. Okay. Okay. You never know when she'll wake up, but in the meantime, just love her for who she is. Okay. I really have to look past the, past the flaws. Just don't look at them at all. Uh-huh. Look mm. at what you love. Look at what you appreciate. Okay. The more we look for flaws in others, the more critical we are of ourselves. Oh, I see. I think that's something that I haven't, I, I've been holding on to the story of like the negative part of her because I've, I've been so hurt by it. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. And you may have some anger work to do and I'm not minimizing your hurt, yeah. um, but it, it's not helping. So deal with your hurt rather than wanting her to change and fix your hurt. Okay. Oh, I see. <laughs> <sighs> Helpful? Yes. This helps so much. I'm like really excited now because now I have something to like strive for instead of being avoidant and fearful of just even going to my parents' house. I've been super mm. avoiding, super avoidant. And my dad's birthday is next week. And I was thinking about not going and I missed mother's day just because I was being avoidant. But now I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful. Beautiful. Beautiful. So thank you, Dominique, for this question. Thank you for doing the work. I love you're on your way to becoming a therapist. It is such an important job. People need safe people to sit and speak with and do the work with. So I I commend you for that. And when we say yes to being any kind of facilitator, coach, therapist, anytime where we're working with people's emotions and their past, all of our stuff comes forward because we have to be it to help other people, right? We have to show up in a way that is embodied. You know, it's like, I'm not going to go and teach Japanese to someone unless I speak the language. 
And you can read all the books and know all the theories, but until you actually do the work and embody it, how are you going to help people? So this is great. Dominique is in the perfect place. She's getting triggered (laughs) as she's digging up her stuff and she's in school. That's exactly where she needs to be because she's being accelerated so that she can help other people. So I'm not concerned about her getting triggered. It all is very, very normal to me. And I love that we talked about some tools in which she could deal with it in terms of grounding herself while she's there, speaking to herself, speaking to her little girl, taking those bathroom breaks. And when things are said to her that are triggering, responding in a curious, non-confrontational, non-defensive way so that she has boundaries, she can speak up for herself, and she maybe gives people the opportunity to explain themselves. Like that comment her sister made, maybe she didn't mean anything by it. Maybe she's the habit of the way that they communicate, because that's the thing. We get into habits of communication with people, and we teach people how to treat us. And often people say something, and they don't even realize the way they said it, and they didn't mean anything, but the way it landed for us means something, right? These are the habits we get into. So calling it out, but if we do it in defensive or confrontational way, then the other person's going to get defensive, and we're back at square one. So Dominique is in this place where she is having the opportunity to practice acceptance. I like, this is the way my family is. This is where my sister is. And I can't heal my wounds by expecting other people to change. And I don't know if I said this to her so directly, but I want to say it to all of you, this is something I see so often. We do the work, we see the issues, and then there's a part of us that get so attached to wanting people to change because if only they would change and it would be different, then our wounds would be healed. So she knows she has this wound with her sister and now she's wanting the relationship now to fix the pain of the past. Not the way it works. Not the way it works. We can't expect someone that hurt us in the past to fix our wounds by changing themselves. It's an inside job. How many times have you heard me say that? I have to remind myself of that too. <laughs> it's an inside job. So Dominique's work here is to accept them for where they're at. Her sister, her parents, everyone have her boundaries, have her care frontations, speak openly, but not so openly that she's going to be disappointed. Remember, you can't go to a Chinese restaurant and expect nachos. So she can't have the same kind of conversation she can have with me or someone else really in the work with her family. We have to meet people where they're at. It's like the example I gave between talking to my 40-something best friend or my five-year-old nephew. I adjust my conversation. I adjust my language because he can't meet me the same place as my bestie can meet me because he's five. And if you can kind of think of consciousness in age like that, like think of people in your life, you so want them to be different. Maybe they're 45 years old, but consciousness-wise, maybe they're seven. And that isn't a dig. It doesn't mean they're stupid. That doesn't mean they're less than. It just means in terms of doing the work, in terms of like earth school, that's where they are. So accept it. When we constantly want people to be different, we're constantly disappointed and we're constantly triggered and we're wasting a lot of the time and energy we could be spending on doing our own work by just hoping and praying and wanting them to be different. And we create the possibility of people actually being different When we're different, when we change, when we be the change that we want to see, that's the best advertisement for anyone to want a different relationship with us is just be different. Be the you that you know you authentically can be. Stop looking for them to give you permission to be a different kind of you. 
Just be you. Be the change. All right, everybody. That is the show for today. Thank you so much. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.